but yeah, what, what we wanted to do today is I thought it would be nice to have uh, a couple of stories of just uh, shared from some of our people, um, just memories. We sent out just a group of questions and asked them to share what came to mind. So um, first going to call up Christine and come up and share. Christine Ingle, the Ingles, one of the f few and proud since the very beginning, 10 years. So here you go, Elder Christine. <laughs> I like it. I will um, require all of you to address me as Elder Christine as we go forward. Please and thank you. Um, yeah, one of the things that came up for me as I was thinking about 10 years of Missio Day Lincoln Square is just um, the idea of hospitality and how much this church has meant to me in that sense. Um, so you guys know, uh, many of you know that I get to teach sometimes and that is no problem for me. I love public speaking. I will jump in front of a crowd like most any time. Hospitality is harder. Don't come to my house. It's not cute. It's not well decorated. It's a mess usually. Um, and hospitality is a little bit harder for me, but this has been a place that has been such an area of growth in that way. Years and years ago, my husband and I were leading a small group. And one of our friends who was still in college came and she said, oh my gosh, it's so nice to be in a home. And I was like, wait, what? But she was in college, so she was used to being in like dorm rooms and college houses and stuff. So being in an actual apartment where, you know, kind of grown-ups lived was a nice change. And from that moment on, it's been a wonderful, Monsieur Day's been a wonderful place of, of learning the practice of hospitality in many different ways. It's been being able to have people over to my home, even when my home is not clean. It's been letting people into my life when I have a stomach bug and I need Gatorade, and one of them is willing to bring it over. It's having a baby and <laughs> letting people bring us meals, even when I'm a total mess, and if they ask me how I'm doing, I'm probably going to start crying. And it's just been a beautiful time of building community and building trust and love I think back to several years ago, we were in a small group that decided to do a week of dinners together. So we blocked out a week, and every single evening, we went to a different person's place to have dinner, which sounds like a lot and sounds really frantic, but it wound up being very, very beautiful. And it was very peaceful and almost relaxing to know that this was our plan for the evening. We were going to go. We were going to have dinner. We are going to see the same people we saw yesterday. And it was a beautiful time of building relationships and building deeper connections, even though it didn't we didn't necessarily have a deep talk every single night, but just being around each other that often was really lovely. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot I could say about 10 years, but just first of all, thank you. It's been so wonderful to be here and to be around you all and to stay in touch with people, whether we see each other a lot or see each other a little. And I'm just so excited to see what happens next. Thanks, Christine. Next, going to have Papa come up and share. Um, thanks, Christine. Yeah, I think um, it was an awesome season when there was no kids, and you just <laughs> you just go to each other's houses. Like, what else are we going to do? Um, so it was a great season. In that season, too, uh, we had an amazing church softball league. Uh, it, we had several years of some people getting really angry at interns throwing the ball down, like Scott Robinowitz, I remember him. But, um, uh, and uh, Caitlin and Landy, um, close friends, um, Caitlin started dating this guy named Papa, and we're like, who is this Papa? Who is Papa? And we like, for weeks, was like, when are we gonna see Papa? And um, 
never was coming around much, but then he just started to show up at church softball, started to get to know him more. Um, so yeah, I thought it'd be fun to, to have Papa come up and share a little bit about his experience um, getting involved with the church. Give it up for Papa, everybody. Hey, morning, everyone. I'm Papa. Um, yeah, Brian, I appreciate the opportunity to speak here. So I've been coming to Missio Day Sunday service since I think Easter 2016. But I started, so I got introduced to Missio Day through my wife, Caitlin, uh, through Alpha uh, in 2015. And at that time, I wanted nothing to do with church at all. Uh, I probably hadn't been to church, so I joined Alpha when I was 32. And I think I hadn't been to church maybe since I was 16 or 17. Um, church for me was associated with a boring place. I would just watch the time till it ended. I used to play soccer in middle school and high school, and I would love when I had an early Sunday game at 11 because I could leave church early. Um, I also associated church with uh, feeling guilty, with it being a legalistic environment, which I didn't even have that language till like someone at Missio Day mentioned they came from a similar environment. I was like, wow, that really describes my experience. Um, and it's still amazing to me that I even said yes to Alpha. I still don't know why I said yes to it, but I think some of it was, it, Brian said it was church anyway, like Alpha is church, but to me church was like something you did on Sundays between like 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Um, church was something that you had to get dressed up for. Church did not involve food, asking questions, talking about doubts which I got to do at Alpha. And I had no idea that other people felt the same way. Um, and so the Alpha turned into a gospel community. And I still wasn't ready for the Sunday service, but I was like, you know, I'll do this. And really enjoyed it. And at some point, I was just like, I want to see these people more. And they all came here on Sundays. And I was like, you know, I'll start going on Sundays. And that was it. Um, but I feel like similar to what Christine said, I love the community here. I love how practical the church is. I feel like every Sunday I leave with something that I can do during the week. Pre-pandemic, I was more connected. Uh, since the pandemic, haven't been as connected. And that was another reason I just wanted to share because I still want to feel connected to this community. And just sharing a little bit about myself and why I'm here is a big part of it. But it's been great to get to know you all. I hope to continue to get to know you all better. And that's it. Thanks. Great stuff. Um, love that. Love uh, hearing that experience of, of creating spaces for people to explore. Uh, that's why we started the church, was to have a church for people who would not want to go to church, um, and people who would never want to be in church, and that's why we're here. Uh, we talk about it a lot, about being a church for the one, not the 99, meaning we, we don't want to just uh, gather the masses of Christians. We want to create honest conversations um, here and, and about what, what you have, your doubts, your fears, your concerns, your things you're deconstructing, things you're reconstructing, all of those things are important as we follow this unknown God that we love and want to know. Uh, with that said, I uh, have Stanley uh, come up and share. Give it up for Stanley. The best dressed member of our congregation. I'm going to read mine. 
know I was supposed to memorize it. <laughs> I was taking the bus home one evening after spending the day in the South Loop. As the 22 bus meandered across the city, it started filling up. A young woman entered the bus, and after quickly perusing the length of the bus and figuring out which seatmate would be the least annoying, she sat down with me. Hello. It's a lovely evening, isn't it? Yep, she answered. Did you have a good day today? Yep, she answered. I knew what was going on, so I decided to torment her a little bit. <laughs> Have you lived in the city long? She pursed her lips, kind of glared a little, and very succinctly, with a, very, with a little bit of a drawn-out force, said, Yes. She'd been through this a thousand times. Some random guy thinking he's going to score the number of a beautiful young woman he met on the bus. She was so not having it. Well, I said, I've just had the most wonderful day with my boyfriend, traipsing across the city eating great food and having general merriment. He's never sure he wants to be the subject of some artsy photo I'm always trying to take. And she opened like a flower. <laughs> now that I wasn't a threat, she could talk to me with ease. I don't remember exactly how we got there, but after a couple of pleasantries, she took the deep dive into how's your relationship with God? I jumped right in behind her, and for the next 40 minutes, we talked about God and church and family and faith and how we love them and hate them and keep trying to move forward, keeping our eyes on Jesus. My stop was coming up, and we hadn't exchanged numbers, names, or anything. I told her my stop was coming, and as she handed me a piece of paper, she said, here's where my church meets. Come and join us sometime. And with that... I had to exit the bus. I think it's fairly safe to say that for the first eight to ten months, I was coming to Missio for the opportunity to see Darby and God, but mostly Darby. My life and my faith have taken a lot of twists and turns and hit too many bumps and holes to even count. And though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet goes the old song. And as a newer song says, I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here I am at 10 on a Sunday, trying to get out of the way long enough to hear the voice of God. Amen. I love that. Well, there could be uh, countless other stories shared, I'm sure, um, but I believe that uh, those stories all kind of capture the heart and essence of what we're about. Um, they weren't planned, just kind of sent some emails out and said, who wants to share? But it's interesting that they all came back affirming um, who we are, uh, that we're a community for those who, uh, who are searching. We're, and we're a people of hospitality, a people that are uh, unique in that way, I believe, that um, we're small, but it's a family. And we're also people who are always making space for, like, one more person to come to the table, uh, like Darby did for Stanley. 
And um, I'm praying that, that that continues as we continue on. Um, I just want to give you a short reflection of uh, just some, a passage that kind of was on my mind for, for this day. I um, mean, it's in Luke 13, uh, verses 6 through 9. Luke 13, 6 through 9. Jesus told this story, he told this parable. He says, A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there's any fruit on it. But he is always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It just takes up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Um, I'll get into this of why I chose this, and no, it's not because we're going to cut down the church if no more growth happens within a year, just to get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, but um, I look, this phrase here is like, I've always disappointed, always disappointed. I feel like one of the greatest challenges of a Christian is we try to turn kind of like the not yets into the nows. There's these things that we're longing for that we just aren't, that feel like have been promised to us or dreams of our hearts or vision of our heart of what we want. And they're the not yets that God has promised. And we often are doing everything we can to make it a now. Um, do you guys remember uh, back in the day when, for those that are, you know, my age or, or older, you, you all watched the same TV show and you had to wait once a week for the new show to come out. And there was this thing on Friday called TGIF Friday TV. And you waited for the new episode to drop, the new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the new Urkel. Remember, did I knew that? You know, you, you had to wait. You had to wait and wait and wait. And then you would, t everybody watched the same stuff. So you got together the next Monday and was like, you know, did you see this? Did you, you knew you watched it all together. Now it's like, you know, you can just boom, 14 episodes, four hours, done, Netflix, right? So we've got companies who've made millions and millions of dollars who, to know, they, they know how to make sure something that's not yet can be now. Um, we are being conditioned to praise God if he does something now, but if he says not yet, we're conditioned to believe he's not good. And... Um, there's people all suffering all over the world, right, um, who, who still praise God for being good. Um, your capacity for blessing is deeply connected to your capacity for pain. I believe that. That your capacity to receive blessing is deeply connected. Um, some of our kids, you know, lately, sometimes they, they really whine in transitions. I don't know if you experienced that, but it's like, oh, no, I don't want to brush my teeth. No, my God. It's like the end of the world. It's like World War III happened or something. It's like, no, the bath. Like, it's just like a big deal. And one of the things I've been saying lately to our kids is we can do hard things. We're Fultons. We can do hard things, right? Um, just this, this idea that we can do hard things. And to make it through those hard times, uh, we need vision. We need vision. I think of most people that I know uh, the, that it's not that they don't have enough food, they don't have a shelter, they don't have water. Like most of the suffering in the world, their suffering is like in this place of the soul, as a place of knowing, I know what I see, I know what God's promised me, I know what I want, but God has said not yet. And that's like the hardest place to live in between vision and reality. 
And um, anyone else like struggling? You're like, okay, I'm broke. But then you get a promotion and you're like, oh, now I feel unqualified for this. And oh, I need vision. You need vision. Vision is so important for our lives. We need to be walking in vision. And too many believers are surprised when God doesn't, does something, but they weren't really looking with their life with a sense of vision. If we continue to make like white knuckle the not yet's into nows, we're going to be ruining God's vision for our lives when we are forcing that not yet to happen. And so this passage here, it's a, it's a, it's a parable of a, a man who planted a tree and right for three years, He's been waiting, no fruit, just again and again, check, checking on the, the, the tree, no fruit, checking again on the tree, no fruit. And I, I don't know about you, but maybe that's you in this season. You're like, I'm checking the dating app, nothing yet. I'm checking the bank account, I'm checking the stock market, nothing yet. <laughs> I checked the email for the interview, nothing yet. Again and again, I'm checking, checking this thing again and again, always disappointed, he said. Checking in with a friend, always disappointed. I think for many of us, um, this season out of the pandemic can maybe describe that for many of you. I'm, I'm just always disappointed, always disappointed. Uh, and, and I think it's easy for, to be honest, as a pastor of a church, sometimes putting hours of work in, wanting to see things grow, wanting to see things thrive, and then, oh, the weather's really nice outside. No one's coming to church today. Tell my wife, no one's coming to church today. It's really pretty. Next week, it's raining outside. Honey, no one's coming to church today. It's, it's raining. <laughs> it's winter. It's, it's three inches of snow. No one's coming out. So there's a sense of, like, always disappointed. That's my manifestation. Maybe you have yours. Um, but I've never seen a per- disappointed person who has a vision. And I think in this season, sometimes I fall short of vision, short of grasping a vision. It takes risk to, to, to put down vision on paper. It takes, it takes commitment to say, I'm going to put this down. Um, and things come short often and often. And, and, and I'm, I, what I'm thinking of, I'm not talking about the things where you're not putting in work in. I'm talking about these areas of life where you just keep putting in work in. You're, guarding, you're waiting for this, to, this fruit to happen. It just doesn't happen. Um, so this guy's just chilling, waiting for fruit to happen. And what is the gar- the gardener says? Leave it another year. I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. So in this parable, we're kind of like the tree that's been planted, and there's this sense of like either in us or the surroundings or enemies, like kind of like this isn't ha- this isn't working out. Just cut it down. The gardener, aka Jesus, comes along and says, "Leave it another year. I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer." Anybody got plenty of fertilizer in this season? You know what I mean? Plenty of fertilizer. You know, has the fertilizer hit the fan? Do you, do you follow on the analogy here? So God's like, let me give it a lot of moving circumstances. Let me flip the soil and till and, and yet I love that phrase and special attention. And so what is he going to do? He's going to give it special attention. And... Um, if you don't, we're kind of like, if you don't give me the fig, I'm out. And this is why we need to understand kind of the power of divine timing. Fig trees it took a long time to bear fruit. Often, this was probably a time where it should have been bearing fruit. Um, but what happened to this fig farmer is he didn't understand the timing of figs. 
We are asking for trees that are going to produce fruit many years to come, many years to come, even when there isn't fruit in the season. And it's easy, I think, to want to give up, right? Like to to want to give up on whatever it is you're striving for, whatever it is you're longing for, and to kind of be like, there's no fruit. But God says, I want to give this special attention. Now, he later says is that um, there's still going to be figs. Like the tree, it's still our responsibility to, to press into that special attention. So my question for you today is like, are you pressing into the presence of God? Are you pressing into where God is giving you special attention? Or are you just kind of like ignoring it? There's still your responsibility to, to kind of bear some fruit out of that. But it's easy to want to, to just give up as well. Um, so I would say over the 10 years, you know, Ashley and I have been missionaries to Chicago for 10 years is the way it feels like. Um, this kind of journey of helping people have safe places to explore faith, come to know Jesus, deepen their faith, get in community, live on mission. And we live in a very transient city in which 95% of the city is unchurched, and doing that is a monster. <laughs> Not only unchurched, but often anti-church, and so we have to be extremely flexible in how we meet our city. And because of that transience, we've seen poor people come and go, we've seen middle-class families come and go, we've seen college students come and go, young professionals come and go. I, I asked our administrator for a report for MD Kids the other day, um, just so we could get some systems cleaned up. And he sent me this list, and it was all the people who had ever filled out anything, and it was like 1,500 people. And you're like, wow. Like that, and that's just the people who filled out something, that put something down on paper. You just think about the, the turnover of people who come to our city and leave. And I know that you have to feel it, too, as you're like, do you own a home? Yes, we can be friends. You're renting? Not so much. And you're like, you feel that sense of like, are you going to leave too? You don't like, am I going to develop a friendship with you? Like, you're, I got to figure out like, are you really going to be here? Like, I'm not going to invest in you if you're like, what's your job? You know, like, what are you, what are you doing for a living? Like, you, there's a sense of like guardedness and a protectiveness that comes. And most people have transitioned on good terms. Most people moved. But our demographic of our church has changed like five different times, right? When we first started the church, Ashley and I were the only ones with kids. It was just a bunch of people, single people hanging out in hammocks all day. It was amazing. See the laugh, the affirmative laughter. Uh, it, it, was, it was amazing. It was just like, let's all hang out all the time. Let's get together. Let's be together. It was, it was great. Then everybody started having kids. We went from being an artistic church to a college and families church to a church for the de-churched or those who are formerly church Christians and non-Christians. And in order to survive and possibly even thrive, we, have, we, we are missionaries to this city. And um, churches around us are dying fast. And it grieves me to kind of see like this diminishing witness to the good news of Jesus. And I want to be a church in the season that Jesus would recognize. So there's a lot of churches that Jesus would be like, this is a church? This, this, this countdown? No, not that it's bad to have a production countdown, but like, you know, you're like, this, uh, this is a church? I want to be a church that Jesus would recognize. That he would be like, yeah, that, that's what I came to make. 
Um, and to do that, I think it's, it's, the stories were so affirming of that because it is the Darbys who brought Stanley in. It is the, the alphas that drew, you know, it is the, the meals together that Christine shared. And to be that kind of church, it doesn't start with me, it doesn't start with the leaders, it, it starts with you. It starts with each and every one of you. As the theologian once said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could be, have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change, right? Yep, not all theologians have character, but there's some truth there. Uh, so, so, so there's a sense of like looking at the person in the mirror this morning, right? Like, how, what does it look like for me to contribute? What does it look like for me to be this kind of missionary, to, to kind of pay attention to the special attention that God is giving me and the fertilizer, and how do I bear fruit? Um, I just want to share three things, three core things of what that can look like in this season. Um, and in this passage, too, I just want to say that, that transitioning, it's, there's a sense of God doing a work in us, but then we can flip this parable of thinking of how we work with God. It also relates to us doing work for God. We have witness to others. So many of you have witnessed to others, and you feel like there's no fruit. There's no fruit. I've been investing. There's no fruit. Those who would follow the footsteps of Jesus are charged with being a witness to the world, and the results of this witness are not our own, right? The fruit is not our own. The working out of God's kingdom is not ours to figure out. Our task is to labor, to plant, and we don't have to have all the answers to the deep mystery that we acknowledge of God. But we plant the seeds that one day it'll grow. We water seeds already planted knowing that they hold future promise. And we lay foundations that need future developed. We cannot do everything, and there's a sense of liberation in realizing that. But being freed from managing the results of our actions enabled us to do something and do it well. That we are the workers, not the master. We are the builders, not the messiahs. We are the ministers, not the Messiahs. We are the prophets of a future, not our own. So in a sense, there's the sense of like, man, there's these people that I'm longing to see grow, and there's not growth. So what do we do? One is, is be present. Be present. Be present to your friends in the season. Be present to your community. Be present on Sundays when the weather's nice and when it's raining and when it's snowing. I'm asking you to not come and go as you please, but to be here. Now, I know some of you got, like, kids on Sundays doing some soccer or whatever. I'm not talking about that. But, like, when you're just in the house and you're like, eh, I think I want to chill, be present. And it's not just present here. It's presence to God. God's presence is everything to us at Missio Day, and I hope it is for you. I hope that people, one of the greatest compliments that we've ever gotten is just people that go like, man, I just felt God's presence in the room. And um, it reminds me of this Old Testament story real quick where um, Moses is leading God's people out of Israel um, to the promised land. They finally get the land, and they divide all the land. And it says, you, this tribe gets land, this tribe gets land, and then it gets to the Levites, and it says, God is your inheritance. And I'm like, they got gypped. Everybody else got God plus land. And, and, and there's a sense of, like, when everything went wrong, it was the, like when there was the golden calf being built and when Moses was away, it was the Levites who spoke up and were like, this isn't right. 
Like, God is our, we have God. Like, God's our presence. God's our inheritance. Like, this is where we need to keep our focus. And my prayer for us at Missio Day is that for years to come, we can be a people that say, God is my inheritance. His presence is my inheritance. We don't have money to buy land anyway. I mean, come on. God is our inheritance. God is, 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 is we, we must be present with God and with others. The second thing is just be generous. Be generous. Galatians 6, it says that you, you reap what you sow. I don't know if that slides up there, but do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Let us have a life of generosity. And that might be your time, that might be your money, that might be your house, that might be your relationships. But that generosity, like if you're a mature believer, like would you, would you be generous? Would you consider giving to this church? If, you, if this has been your church and it's blessed you, would you consider giving? Would you consider giving your time, your energy, your resources? And then thirdly is just be connected. And Damon, you guys can come on up. Um, we have to be connected to each other. You can't just come here, hear some songs, hear a message, and leave. You can. You're welcome to do that. But we believe, like, the fruit of the fruit that Jesus is saying, this, like, the soil and the special attention, the dreams and visions of your heart, we pray that this kind of communal life is a part of your own dreams, your own vision. So what I want to do is... Um, I want to encourage you this week, kind of like the, the Papa said, there's homework, so, you know, practical stuff. I was like, yeah, I should probably make something practical here. Practical. Habakkuk. Is that up there, Habakkuk 2? It says this in Habakkuk 2. I think it's up in the further up in the slides. It talks about, uh, this is the revelation. It says, write it down. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. will certainly come and will not delay. My, my, my challenge to you is mostly just like focusing on your own individual vision. And not just your vision for like your goals, but like God's kingdom through your life. In any area, it might be your, your work, your finances, your friends, where you live. I want you to pray and write down the vision that you're seeing in this moment for your life. Write it down. Don't just like think about it. Like put it on paper so that you can see the already but not yet. You're working on this thing. You're trying to grow it. You're putting all your task into this thing to see it grow. Write it down and write how God is a part of it. Write how, where, where is God in all of that that you're going after? Because if we don't have vision, we stumble. So I'm praying that God would give you a fresh vision. Let me ask you these, these questions as we pray. Let's pray. Um, are you disappointed in this season? And what specifically disappoints you? Where do you feel a void? And would you take a moment to ask God to renew your vision? in this area of your life. Say, God, renew my vision.
Renew my vision around friendship. Renew my vision around raising a family. Renew my vision around community. Renew my vision about experiencing your presence. God, renew my vision about permanence and home. Renew my vision around money and work. Where is it for you? And then what seeds are you going to put in the soil to prepare for the next year? What are the seeds that are going to go into that soil? And one of the things I didn't get to, but I think God's wanting to harvest in the season is a harvest of character. What characteristics is God building inside of you right now to prepare you for the next year, the next 10 years? What is the character that God is doing in you? Because God won't let your gift outpace your character. He might, but it, it will be found out. So God, would you stir in us fresh vision for our life? in a place where we're feeling always disappointed, not seeing enough fruit, not seeing enough growth in our life, not seeing enough energy or dreams. May, you, may we see your special attention this morning that you've poured out on us and the soil you're creating in us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen.